You are listening to the Noisy Narratives podcast, a podcast produced by the Women of First Ministries at Frisco First Baptist Church in Frisco, Texas. Here at Noisy Narratives, we like to cut through the noise of our stories and get to the heart of what really matters. We hope you are blessed by what we share. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't it amazing? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Noisy Narratives. Um, this is Debbie, and I'm here with Christy. Hey, Christy. Hello. So um, we have a guest today, Kara, the counselor. Oh, look, that rhymes. Kara, the counselor's it back. Does. Sounds good. Um, so we have an interview with her coming up. But before we do that, as our little intro, we like to either do a word of the day or some kind of topic or an ongoing issue thing in the mm-hmm. media kind of streaming that maybe affects church world a bit or our world a bit and so we just bring that in the conversation so we decided then um to have a little discussion today about revival <laughs> more specifically more specifically a revival in kentucky that's right at asbury mm-hmm. and just because this is such conversation in our social media and church mm-hmm. world discussions about is it a revival is it not a revival um how do you know it's really a revival um aren't don't these kids have classes don't they have jobs uh-huh. like what are they doing yeah you just asked are they going to school i said no it was canceled last week it was canceled i don't know what this week looks like yeah so <laughs> We thought we would have that discussion, and first of all, just as a caveat, neither Christy nor I have visited the Asbury Revival, so no. um, we do not have firsthand in their space knowledge of this. Ours is based on conversations, just interest in revival. We wanted to just converse mm-hmm. about it and talk about it and things that we're seeing on social media and videos that have been posted, mm-hmm. and the fact that at this point it has spread, last heard, to like 21 different campuses. Not the school's um, campuses, so but it's like um, different taking like schools or jobs. Jumping fire, yes, yes, jumping and catching fire at other schools, colleges in different parts of the country. Yeah. Now, let's define revival. Okay. First, can we define it? Like the if you look up just the dictionary definition, the noun is like an improvement in the condition or strength of something. Like right, or similar to that. There's another one that's an instance of something becoming popular, active, or important again. Okay, here's another definition. Okay. A church revival involves a group of Christians praying and seeking the Holy Spirit's presence together while rejoicing over a renewed spiritual exuberance. The purpose of a church revival is to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to transform both believers and non-believers alike. Through revival meetings, people sense the power of God and are called to prayer and repentance. Where's that definition from? Christian ministry. Okay. So I have a big problem with that definition. Oh, why? Because when Jesus left, what was the gift he gave us? The Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We have it in us all the time. So the idea that we have to have a revival to invite the Holy Spirit here around, it just doesn't, to me, I'm like, that actually is just horrible theology. Now, do I agree with the idea of having a revival to, for self-renewal, like in our Horrible total depravity, which we've which talked the about second before. Sense. You know? The purpose of a church revival is to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to transform both believers and non-believers alike. But that's something you have every day. You don't need a revival for that. I don't, I don't know. I'm going... You don't like it. I don't. I because love, <laughs> love all of it. Okay. I, I'm just like, I have the Holy Spirit. And do. I do. And I love it. And I, mm-hmm. I pray um, that the Holy Spirit guides me and helps my decisions. And... 
I come to church to celebrate Jesus and worship my God and for all of us to be in community with like-minded believers who Mm -hmm. all have the Holy Spirit. I do that every Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so I have trouble with that kind of a definition. Now the reminder of, Hey, this is important that I get this reminder of this important, this renewal, this refreshing, rejoicing, rejoicing, a renewed spiritual. I, I get that part. So tell me, but you said a minute ago, you'd like the definition. Tell me why. I don't want to just cut over you and say oh, mine. You can cut I want to be fair. I'm fine with it. No, <laughs> no, no. No, why fine. do you love it? Because I think people I'm noticing more and more leave the Holy Spirit out of their life. Even from the pulpit, they don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit. It's like he's not a part of the Trinity anymore. It's just God and Jesus and there's no Holy Spirit. So and for you, this, it's the reminder. for Yeah, that you have the Holy Spirit in you and you have access to it. And there are times that you will have a... Um, God, I'm drawing blank, but you will have a moment that is an exciting moment with the Holy Spirit. For sure. Absolutely. A, the, no doubt. A, the revival, sometimes we need that. We need a good retreat that we spend time getting away and getting alone with our people and being energized and renewed and going, oh my gosh, that's right. I forgot about you, Holy Spirit. I have totally forgot about you. I have left you aside and I am so sorry. I've been doing life by myself because the Holy Spirit is God's spirit in us. But so many people just discount him and I'm like oh no 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 you can actually get through life better when you acknowledge and you call on the Holy Spirit each day to get through get through the day which is why Jesus came like he was the one too like Jesus came for multiple reasons he also was the one that allowed us is like the bridge for God to give us and leave us his spirit Jesus left and God goes "Mm mm-mm and his divine goodness said, no, I'm going to actually leave you my spirit with you. But that wouldn't happen if Jesus didn't come. Absolutely. Like I grew up going to revival. God is a not a God of chaos. Right. So if a revival Agreed. gets out of control, that's a whole different ballgame. So there is yes. an element of control. So I think some people think of a revival in this. Like I've enjoyed the context that. Um, that Asbury. Yeah, because it's in a it's in a church. It it's, is in a chapel. Yes. It has chairs. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, we can jump there a little people bit. People are sharing testimonies. Yeah. People are coming from the other parts of the world or the country mm-hmm. to go to that. So people mm-hmm. are, cra- which then goes to show our soul craves worship. Oh, that's our soul true. craves truth to worship. For sure. And so when you don't get it and you don't see it and you see something like, oh, this looks inviting. I can go here. So then I guess my question is, you know, it's revival though, when fill in the blank. When there's a white tent. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Sorry, that's where my brain goes to. Oh, that's so fun. You know it's a revival, revival when, when. Oh, you said question. some things like, reminder the Holy Spirit's there, that he's there. So then if that's the purpose of the revival, like, and I'm just kind of running on some, some of these discussion points we've had, that means when you're leaving the revival, you're changed, right? Is that what I we're hope, saying? I hope. That's the point. That's the hope. Okay. Because you're not going in there just to have this amazing um worshipful experience and then walk out and be like, Hey, let's go watch porn. Hey, let's go gossip. Hey, let's go drink heavily. Let's go get high. Hopefully there is a turning away from what you're doing and it's going, Ooh. So if you ignored the Holy spirit before revival, Which a lot what of changes do. then in the revival to where you're not ignoring the Holy spirit anymore? 
you acknowledge them, number one. Lord, but, I'm a mess. And that does mean, though, after the revival, you need to be acknowledging the Holy Spirit all the time. All the time? I struggle, too, because I feel like we leave off not only the Holy Spirit, but the fruits of the Spirit and what uh, that means. Yes. And so one of the major fruits of the Spirit that we don't talk about enough is self-control mm-hmm. and kindness and mercy and goodness and what mm-hmm. all that looks like. So if you're walking away from a revival and you're not able to demonstrate fruits of the spirit, then I would really take a minute and do a real hard look and see mm-hmm. because meaning you go to the revival and then you get back in the your car life. or whatever life and you're screaming and yelling and you're cursing yeah. and you're doing all whatever that yeah. looks like. That's yeah. not something that and I'm not saying overnight like. you're, I mean, change is a process too, right? I'm Absolutely. saying, but you're going, this matters and I'm going to pay attention to these things because the Holy spirit has deposited these in me. Mm-hmm. And so this matters yeah. and I'm taking with this with me when I go. And so I feel like an element of revival definitely needs to be, what are you guys leaving here with? Mm-hmm. What has this done? Well, in a vi- revival too, there's not an element of control, not chaos, but there's not a speaker that's going to speak for 35 minutes. Right. We're going to go through three worship songs and then everyone's going to leave. A revival, there is an element of there is no time. So someone can get up and preach and he could preach for two minutes or she can get up and preach for 50 minutes. And then we're going to sing lots of songs. And it's a lot of just praise and worship. But a lot of people, I think it's the ongoing. I think it's like you were saying, where, that's like we talked concern. about before, where does it end then? Who's going to be the one to say, hey, guys, this has been amazing. Now it's time to take our lives and go worship the Lord outside of this place in a way that's meaningful and impactful for our communities around us, which is what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to stay on the mountaintop. So when does the mountaintop experience stop? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great question. And here's, I think, my caveat for all of us. Um, or just for myself more is, yeah, let me know. And I'll let you know. Yeah. Okay, there talk. you go. Exactly. <laughs> um, no judgment, right? right? I'm not there. Yes. I'm not, I can look at it and say, I pray for this. I hope that this is going well. I hope this is, yeah. I hope they handle this well. I hope they handle these students. Well, these mm-hmm. sweet, wonderful, very malleable hearts at mm-hmm. this point. I hope we're being responsible and caring for all of that. Yeah. And so that's what I would say is just my hope. But as far as judging it or knowing yes or no, I just, I'm like, I'm not at a place where I can do that. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, I'm removed. I'm looking at social media, everything. So I have my opinions about what I hope a revival is, but what I can't do. And I, w- well, what I'll say is what I won't do is sit here and pass judgment on the people, Mm-mm. um, on, and based on whether or not my opinion of whether it's a revival or not. I'm just, I don't think any of us should be doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, Now it is nationwide. It is traveling. So if it's traveling to a place near you, (laughs) I would say, then you step in. I'm sorry. I'm going to go. I will be there. I would love (laughs) it. That's what I'm saying. Then, then you have some choices to make, right? But until then, until then I'm like, you know, we Mm -hmm. have the discussion and we're just going to move forward and Mm -hmm. love the Lord and love each other and care for our communities and our different people in it. We're all different. The diversity that, God's given us and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So anyway, that was my caveat was that. Yeah, I agree with <laughs> was you. That, I mean, a little yeah. bit. Like, <laughs> okay, so as we've been sitting here talking, mm. kind of looking through as very tweets and information online and stuff, what have we found? We have found, we are pleasantly surprised to find out that they are going to end it in a way today, but they look like they are... Um, filtering it what's the word slowly decreasing yes the what they can do so at two o'clock on monday they're gonna um, so we're conclude. recording this monday morning just so people mm-hmm. know we do have to do that we can't like record like 
the 30 seconds before we put it out. We have to do. What? <laughs> no, Debbie has to edit. No. Debbie has to edit <laughs> yeah, all the goofiness we that we say. We have to filter through our crazy. That's so. right. So um, Monday they're saying they're going to conclude public worship service around 4 o'clock, but they're still going to allow high school through college age kids attend in the afternoon. And then on Tuesday, it looks like it's the same thing. Like it's an evening. They're going back to their evening chapels, it looks like, for Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And then be done by Thursday, which is the National Collegiate Day of Prayer. Um, I like which how they have sense. high school through college. When yeah. we visited Liberty, I was, I didn't notice. I noticed this, and then I also noticed it at Colorado Christian, how these small schools they have a lot of high school presence on campus or in the curriculum. I'm sure it helps them pay. Well, money. and it makes sense, right? <laughs> if you're trying, if you're wanting cool. con- your people to see what you offer as a college yeah. local people to fall in love with your university it yeah. makes total sense right wouldn't it be cool yeah. to go high school kid back in the day to go yeah. to a college campus for yeah chapel? i would have loved that guy got good information okay. yeah anyway that's, that's the scoop so yes that's kind of hitting as we're recording that's coming out so when y'all are going to listen to this you're going to be like it already happened right well i know because we recorded it as we as it was happening to our point we had kind of talked about at some point I think, how are they going to end this? What are they going to do? I hope they do it well. I hope they care for these kids well. And it seems like they're doing that. It seems like they're taking a very measured and good and calm mm-hmm. kind of approach yeah. um, to saying, thank you for being here. We're grateful. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do need at some point to go ahead and let these kids yeah. um, take what they've learned here and their revival and renewed hearts and go out into the world. Like we said, we can't stay on the mountaintop forever. So, no. And I like I how I like they've realized like the infrastructure of their town really can't handle <laughs> all the people. Like they gave a There's shout out so to like the, many yeah, people coming the police. They said it's a town of 6,000, but more than 20,000 people plus have converged on it in the last 12 days. So they're having 6, to think of their community. Yeah. yeah. You do have to think of that too, which yes. is good. I mean, it's amazing people are coming, but again, you do have to think about mm-hmm. your community. So that's good that they're doing that. That's amazing. Over 20,000 people came to Asbury with five wow. overflow buildings and a grass lawn field. There is a 2.5 mile backup of cars going into Wilmore. They thought about the community because um, they can't handle you can't do it forever. No, the police, How do you do that forever? Yeah, that's true. And I bet they have volunteer fire department. I'm just kidding. You may. I bet they have some, though. They <laughs> yeah, probably have a handful of paid, and I bet they have a bunch of volunteers, too. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that makes total sense in a small town. But small towns, too, right? Like, that's where other other communities come and help support. Yes. When it gets too Little much. communities help yeah. together. Yeah. They work together. Okay, but I do, I think this is, they put a list out there of revivals okay. breaking out, Asbury, and they kind of go through different ones. But um, I know we're supposed to be talking about the closing of it. Yeah. But I did see somebody post about an outbreak that is, hap- a revival that's breaking out the Wailing Wall in Israel. Did you see that? No. I thought it was interesting. And they're singing in Hebrew. And it's really pretty and it is covered like the wailing wall area. Like it is packed. It is like shoulder to shoulder packed. And I like deep of people like they can't even get close to the wall at this point. I'm thousands. It looks like it's thousands of people, which is cool, right? Because it's all about the Jews coming back to their homeland. And so that was cool to see that happen at the same time. This happened. Yeah. Sorry. Side note. Yes. They're they're closing down Asbury. Okay. That's so interesting. Well, it'll it. be, I, I think other towns will follow suit, other colleges. It seems like there are here in the U.S. There's a lot of, so it'll, I hope that um, people treat it well and treat their communities well and everything in the midst of um, having a renewal for their college kids and their Absolutely. people. So yeah. Asbury set a good example, I think, for how to yes 
to do it. To do it. So, and they put it out there on Twitter. Like they even yeah. know how to hit their audience. Yeah. <laughs> Which is and smart. if you're on your way, just to let you know, yeah. you may want to hit one of these other towns because we're having yeah. to close it down. You can go <laughs> so, to all the other ones. All the other ones. You. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so Ohio Christian Lee University, Bethel. Oh, Bethel in Austin, Texas. Park Hill, Indiana. Lots of different ones. So there you go. Or start one in your own church. Yeah. Bring Sunday night back, man, where it's all worship. Oh, uh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. There's an element of Blue's having a worship that. night. Blue's having a family worship they night. They are. Mm-hmm. It's on the calendar. Isn't that like next week? Next Sunday. I night? actually don't know when. There's some I can't. It is on the twenty sixth. On February twenty sixth, they're having okay. a blue family worship night. I'm so excited. Yeah. That's good awesome. job, Blue. Come on, family, show up for That's a worship right. night. There we go. Good plug. Good yeah. plug for our friends in blue. That's right. Okay, so um, that's it from our little intro, and um, we are going to talk to Kara. Okay, so we have Kara here today. She's back with us. We've had her again, so we're not going to like go through all her bona fides like we did the last time. Go back and um, listen. Go back and listen to the previous podcast. Which um, people loved you. They were they were like, Kara is so smart. Kara is so on. Wow. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, a couple ladies like stopped me one time. Wow, I know, and I was awesome. like, I oh, know she's so great. Wow. I'm going to practice doing exactly what we talk, what we're talking about today. That's this right. is our topic. That's right. Which part of that is to accept compliments? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right. Oh yes. yes. Oh, that's yeah. a good segue. Mm-hmm. So we are. But we're talking you. about unhelpful thinking styles. Mm-hmm. What are the ones we talked about last time? Do y'all remember? We talked about the shoulds. Oh, that impersonalizing. Okay, yep. good. Yeah. Okay. That, that jogs my memory. So the okay. last, the last podcast we had with Karen on, we did, we talked about. The shoulds and must, kind of shooting on yourself. Yep. And then we talked about the personalization, making everything about you, right? This is all my fault, or mm-hmm. this is none of this is my fault, or this is I putting yourself in everything. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're going to do two different ones today. So this is five and six for us. So we've done four at this point. We had Rachel last week um, talking about a couple of different ones. And so today, Christy, which ones are we talking about today? You've got the, let's start with disqualifying the positive and then we'll move into magnification, catastrophizing Mm -hmm. and minimization. So it's extreme. Those are big words. (laughs) Lots of, so we magnify either everything and make it seem like it doesn't matter at all or like it matters over everything else. Okay. So let's start with that one. Magnification, Uh blowing things out of proportion or inappropriately shrinking something to make it seem less important. Right. I like the visuals though. It's like a magnifying glass or a tornado. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the magnification is oftentimes called catastrophizing. Right. And so catastrophizing these big words, but it's really making blowing something up out of proportion and something that likely won't happen. We're going to this big negative in our mind thinking, oh, this worst case scenario that's likely to happen when really the reality is, you know, if we look at the if what's really likely to happen, then the what we fear typically isn't it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's taking a an unfiltered non-biased look at what's likely and because when we're relying on our emotions our emotions might tell us something that's not really true right so if we are if we're in an emotion of fear then we're likely looking at something with anxiety saying you know oh it's I'm afraid that this bad thing's going to happen. And then we focus so much on it that that seems real to us, that that's the likely outcome. Mm -hmm. And so what we want to do is pull it back and look at it more clearly. And oftentimes having someone that can, a friend, 
mm-hmm. or a group or a, a loved one that can help you really look at okay what's likely you know let's use let's use rational thinking to make a good decision <laughs> rational so, thinking so it's interesting it sounds like the magnification part of this or the catastrophe part of this mm-hmm. is very heavily kind of connected to the one we did last week, which is emotional reasoning where yes. you're like, you're making those decisions based on your emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, cause we were laughing cause this is one of the ones that a counselor I was working with said, Oh, you're doing this, but I wasn't doing the magnification part. Yeah. I was doing the other part, the minimalization. Which is the minimalization. Oh, so I was taking things that did matter, and mm-hmm. it was my own avoidance, right, conflict avoidance, and I was making it seem like they didn't, like literally making stories up in my head to make them th- seem less important. Right. Okay, so it's interesting because, to me. They but do you do that together. because you want to avoid conflict? Both, or I think it's the right thing to do. Like I had this weird like martyr, like it's the right thing to do. They don't mean it. It's grace. Oh. You mix this up in Christian circles with grace. Mm-hmm. You minimize things because in your head – that feels gracious, I mm. think. At least for me, that was part of it. And the avoiding conflict with my husband. It was the avoiding conflict thing, yeah. too, because I didn't like it. I didn't like the, the emotional part of it. So I just, I made things appear better than what they were, in a way, mm. um, in some ways. In other ways, I did the other one, which we're going to talk about later. Um, so, yeah, I was just, my head was a bit of a mess. But um, it's interesting they put those two together. Mm-hmm. The magnification, they don't seem like they match. So tell me how the magnification and the minimalization, why put those two together? So, okay, we want to look at it almost, remember when you were young and going into a fair or something, you went into this hall of mirrors and it had yeah. these distorted mirrors mm-hmm. that either made you look long. Big, big, right, tall. big, but it's just that there's different ways that our thoughts can get distorted. One is it's almost like it makes it bigger, right? Our thinking can make something bigger out of proportion versus the opposite of we, our thinking can make it smaller. And typically, yeah, it is based on something going on within us, right? An avoidance, yeah. um, a fear, um, really maybe a consequence that we don't want to face. That you're avoiding, for that sure. That we're avoiding. Yeah. Um, so if we think of an example of this, uh, so think of a bully and when he's called out on, on his, I'm using he, mm-hmm. when he's called out on his behavior, oh, I was just joking. You know, that right. was, I, you know, I wasn't really being mean. That wasn't, I was just, you know, it's it's just a little thing. Mm-hmm. And then being maybe a parent or a school administrator, if this kid, if this bully is a good kid in other ways, oh, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt. Right. It's so this not happens that bad. in abusive situations a lot. Absolutely. Where yeah. you're like going, oh, he does all this. He's great. So I'm going to minimize this over here mm-hmm. to make it. Okay. Yeah. So either way, what you're saying is you're, it's like you're looking in a mirror and what you're receiving back is distorted. It's right. either too small or too big. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a change. That's interesting because I've always thought, um, that was one of the questions I had to ask you because I thought that was interesting. Those two go together. But yeah. thank you. That clarified things, actually. Yeah. And I think it's really looking at being honest with ourselves and with others about, you know, how does how are we thinking about it in ways that might be self-serving um, or sure. we're yeah too easily forgiving other people or and maybe not holding them accountable to their own behavior. Right. So, yeah, I do think in our Christian culture, sometimes, yeah, we're quick to want to kind of move on and just Mm. say, okay, well, we're going to give them grace when really, yeah, there, I think we are called to 
a higher, you know, standard. And we are called to hold others to that standard as well. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Do you have an example of that? Maybe for women, marriages, dealing with kids? Um, you know, I think dealing with kids, that's easy just because we are disciplining our kids all the time. Um, so it's, it's not, you know, not enabling bad behavior with Mm. our kids that we're willing to hold them to the standard that we're called to and that we're willing to step in and discipline them to give a consequence when instead of minimizing it in our own minds, oh, Mm. it's not that big of a deal. Oh, he'll learn on his own. Um, it's oftentimes we need to step in and be the ones that are teaching and guiding and, and setting limits and boundaries about what's, what's appropriate and what's not. And if we're not, if we're not teaching that, if we're not following, if we're not being consistent, then we're sending, sending kind of this message to those around us that it's okay to mistreat others or to not do the right thing. We're kind of passing our distorted view on. What I also find is interesting though about these is relationally we can have that distorted thinking with one relationship and not with others. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I think sometimes we can kind of get conditioned into a certain certain dynamic. Yeah. So talk about that a bit because I feel like that's super true with this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so what is an example of that in a relationship? I guess that would be, you know, the easiest would be in a marriage. I think mm-hmm. that sometimes we, you know, we can just because we're living life together and sharing life, we can condition our spouse that will accept certain things and kind of push it under the rug and avoid it mm-hmm. in a way that's minimizing it. Oh, it's not that big of a deal, you know. That it's okay versus, you know, when maybe that behavior is harmful mm-hmm. um, to someone other than ourselves. Maybe it's not okay for the kids to see that. Maybe it's not okay mm-hmm. for them to be treating someone else like that. Mm-hmm. And so if we're, if we're kind of quick to kind of put the blinders on with people in our lives that we love and we care about, is that are we maybe not holding, are we maybe not doing what's best for them? Mm-hmm. You know, that's not really love and kindness to put up with or to quickly excuse hurtful behavior. And I hear what you're saying, and I'm playing this out in my head if someone's listening and goes, I know that's hurtful. I'm going to stop enabling or allowing that. Minimizing it. Yeah, that's a good one. Minimizing. Mm -hmm. But that means fireworks are about to go off in the house because you're changing the dynamic of the relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is, I would think, would be scary to do. Yeah. Like, this is how we've always done it. He can get away with this, or he can do this, or I allow him to treat me this way because it's easier to do that than have to talk to him or tell him I don't like this or I don't appreciate it. So how do you do that? How does someone hear you say that and go, I want to I want to change? Yeah. Like, that's, that's great. Step. Yes. That's how question. do you do yeah. that without them burning down the house or knowing that you're going to be facing that and knowing it's okay, like to move forward anyway, like how, Mm -hmm. what do you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I always encourage to it that it's, you know, first of course it's having awareness that it's happening in the first place. That's Mm -hmm. the first step towards change. And then it's being very thoughtful about how to go about addressing it. And I would say the best rule of thumb is that it's not coming from an emotional reactive place. Mm. It's coming from a place of love, 
of thoughtfulness, of kindness, and a willingness to speak up and in a way that you're that you can be heard. Part of our job as a communicator is to to communicate things in a way where the recipient can hear it, right? We always think of communication as being on the receiving end. Are you listening, Mm. right? But as the one that's communicating, taking that active role, are you saying what needs to be said in a way that the listener can hear it? And I think that's a really important foundation of this. Which means setting time, really, to have a conversation, not in the middle of a difficult Right. Not time already, moment. not in right. the heat of the moment. And I know, and I'm listening to you and I'm, I'm like my husband and I over the last year have really grown a lot in our marriage with stuff, but we sat down together before and I give a lot of, this was hard for me at first to recognize the growth we've both made, but that he did, he listened really, really well. And if I was having to walk through and work through stuff and I was married to someone who didn't, Listen well in the sense of he knew I would not say it right all the time. Mm -hmm. I was going to mess up. I wasn't going to say things correctly. Sometimes things would come out in the heat of the moment. And just giving both of us some grace and how to work through that. If I didn't have that, it would be really hard to do this Mm -hmm. on my own. Okay, so if someone's listening or like, I feel alone, like I'm doing this by myself, like I'm magnifying, I'm minimalizing um, everything, Things feel super horrible one day and they feel not bad at all the next day. Kind of this, which was the swing I was in, right? This up and down. Um, So what's the first, how do you recommend them going about to have that conversation then? How would you recommend somebody start? Like, Yeah, so I think the start would be because we're in this con I think to be prayerful and okay. to really so start seek, with prayer, right? To see not prayer together, prayer with just you and the Lord. Yes. Like, Hey, prepare his heart. Good quiet time. Yeah. Yes. Cause this is what's on my heart and right. timing and all the things. Yeah. So I think slowing down, having that time to really reflect and um, get out of that emotional place and to have some sense of, what needs to be said in a, in a, um, and from, it's coming from a wise place of this isn't, you know, going back to what you guys talked about before with the emotional reasoning that when you sit down to have that conversation, it's not heated. It's coming from this place of having reflected, um, inviting the other person into the conversation in a way that, um, that they can feel safe and heard and that it's more of a we. It's we're seeking a solution together and we can hear one another. Um, but it's not just a I'm going to dictate to you how I want you to change. Oh, it's a good. how can we change this, right? Because And I think back just to how just the the time where I was like, I need help talking through it. I'm not sure... I would have gotten to a good place to be able to do that on my own. Does that make sense? Meaning without a counselor? Yeah, without somebody helping me talk through. Mm -hmm. How do you do that well? Like, because when you're, when you are kind of thinking things distorted wise, it's like you were saying with the hall of mirrors, Mm -hmm. how are you getting an accurate reflection? Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're basing what you're saying on that distortion. And so, um, I mean, how do you know if you need somebody's help? To kind of, even if you have a good friend that is willing to lovingly listen, right? That's a start. How do you know when you need to go ask for help? 
before you're yeah you have that conversation I would say, yeah, so start, if you feel comfortable, start with the support system that you already have in place. So if you feel comfortable going to a close friend or a family member that you feel like would give you um, kind of unbiased support in that, Mm -hmm. Um, if you feel like your support network is very biased towards you, you know, has your side, Mm -hmm. um, then yeah, that might be where it would be helpful to get kind of an unbiased opinion or support. So you're saying stay away from your family. Potentially. I think usually that's true. (laughs) Unless your family likes your spouse more than you. you, Right. (laughs) And loves them enough to listen to the hard stuff and saying, yeah, no, don't bail. Like this is worth keeping and working Mm -hmm. on. Right. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, that's, that's so interesting. Yeah. But I do have, you know, I've, I have some, some of the patients I work with, you know, they did start out with their support system and a close friend or, you know, their group of friends and their friends actually said, this is beyond us. We really mm-hmm. think you need help. And so if that's the message you're getting from some of your friends that they feel like they're not qualified to help you or that it's above kind of what and they don't they have the right words right. they don't have the right you right. know tools to get in there and dig in with you yeah yeah then that's I mean it's smart but counseling is expensive it is I have to say I'm just gonna put this out there it is but you also <laughs> you can cut corners right you yeah. don't go out to eat you don't go get your nails right. done you that's don't true. get your hair done that's it's okay if your point. roots grow out yes. and we see you're great because your mental health and your you're willing to drive across town and pay for athletics for your yes. kids get in there and pay for some good marriage help yeah, yeah. yeah. or some good yeah. personal help you Absolutely. know yeah. yeah that's a good point I mean yes I've I have a new patient I just started working with him during this holiday break but he was at college and really struggling um, depressed, not going to classes, um, wanting to potentially drop out. And mm-hmm. so his parents had him come see me. And even though, yes, it was a financial investment, my, and maybe I'm biased in my thinking, but I think it was a better investment for him to come see me yeah. and for us to really dig mm-hmm. in and understand what was going on. And now he's back at school and he's yeah. doing great. He's Good. attending That's classes, yeah. you know, so it was a pretty, I wouldn't say a quick fix, but we were quickly able to get in there and understand what's going on. Mm. And so now, yeah, so now he's able to thrive again yeah. in that environment and not, so I think it's definitely an investment. It's an investment in your ability to function and mm-hmm. um, get back to well-being. Well, and I think too, your the tendency like we had talked about this before with resources we have at our fingertips, there are so much out there, but it can be confusing. Like you're going to all these places for resources and for help, even, you know, biblical texts trying to, there's just a lot. Mm -hmm. So that to me can add to the pressure and the depression. Yeah. And if you can get with somebody who's helping you navigate all of that, and then you can put blinders on for a little while. Um, that's helpful too, because to me, it's, it's a lot. I mean, you can go everywhere you can, any book under the sun, any blog under the sun, mm-hmm. the Google, everything. I mean, it's too much, right. Yeah. To yeah. try to figure it all out. And that's all like one on that's by yourself. That's by yourself. I heard yeah. a quote from a psychologist I heard on a podcast. I don't remember which one, but he said, healing is relational. Oh, I would agree. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's so good. It is. Whether it's having lunch with friends or going to a counselor or whatever, it's relational. And so for you, you have to have that connection. Connection. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to circle back on 
the kid that went to school and started, what, what was, what got him in that place? I mean, I want to, I wonder what kids are struggling with when they go off to school mm-hmm. and the hard like what part. What are the red flags along the way? Yeah. Like, how do you get, how do kids get to that point? Which it's easy. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's, I mean, it's an easy, but I would love to hear like, and then you said it wasn't a quick fix, but just talking and yeah. having a safe person for this person to talk to, you were able to help him un, you know, unwind his or unknot his unhelpful thinking right. to become helpful and thriving and healthy. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this will be a good example that we can relate to. So, you know, for this specific guy, and I think it's for a lot of us, mm-hmm. um, is that when we struggle, it's when we feel disconnected. And sometimes there's a double, you know, double or triple whammy of disconnection. And so for him, this is a great example. You know, he had gone to a small private school um, in high school. So he felt a part of a group. Um, He, you know, he's a little bit like cerebral. So, you know, so not as personable and quick to make friends so it's harder to make the connections so harder and to he connect. left a lot of connections and right it was harder to make new ones right yeah. yeah and then you know I think that he already had a tendency towards depression and so kind of those two types of disconnection mm-hmm. then almost it's almost like it furthered this sense of hopelessness of you know um, I don't feel a part of why even try, you know, I'm kind of losing motivation. And, and really, I think some of these things we're talking about, he started catastrophizing, you know, I didn't show up to one class. So now I'm just going to fail. So why mm. show up at all, you know, that type of thing. So, um, so getting out of that type of thinking, and part of our work to do is, okay, here we can we can unpack that we can start to identify steps towards connection so what's one thing you're willing to do that that we can that would be a step for you to feel better and to feel like you're a part of and um that kind of gives him it's almost like that sets a a trajectory forward right Mm -hmm. then he's feeling more hopeful he's feeling more of a sense of connection he started a class the semester where he really liked the professor and was willing to go talk with him you know during yeah, his good. hours and so it's just you know so I think it's steps towards reconnection it's the mm-hmm. progress not perfection thing. right right um, and sometimes when we're in really distorted thinking then we don't see our way out of it mm-hmm. so sometimes having someone who can see you in that place and meet you there. And it's almost like sometimes as a therapist, I feel like I'm, I'm letting the people that I'm working with kind of borrow my brain, right? Like I'm, I'm sharing the way I see it because I'm not you. And I see this very differently than you do. And I Mm. see hope, you know, I see that it doesn't have to be this way. And I see that it's not as bad as you feel like it is, right? Or that you think it is. And you're not mom and dad or sister or somebody else that's already saying it to him. Right. Or him or her. You're an outside person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is the, um, one thing I think, what, what is the danger? What's dangerous about this distortion, this particular distortion? The catastrophizing. Mm-hmm. And the minimalization. Yeah. So with catastrophizing, the danger is that it keeps us stuck. We're so focused on this worst case scenario that we're not willing to do maybe take the step towards something that could be better for us right so it's we're so fearful worried that we don't take action 
And oftentimes the things we're catastrophizing about, you know, are there for a reason, you Mm -hmm. know, that it's, you know, maybe it's a kid is catastrophizing about school and I'm going to fail. Well, you know, you're in this class for a reason. We need to be able to help you succeed and to move forward in your education. So let's find ways to learn in this class. I mean, this happened just last night with my son. He's in AP chemistry. And last night he was studying for a test. This That was this morning, of course. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, studying last minute. And he said, I just, I can't get this. I need a tutor. Um, you, <laughs> mom, you have to get me a tutor. That's the only way. I'm, that's the only way I'm going to get this. And so for the test that's, for the today. Test that's today. Right. Because we can call them right. at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. in the morning. Okay. So it's good. <laughs> So sometimes, so see, as moms, we need to be able to have these skills, right? To help. So, you know, so, okay, well, we're not able to get a tutor right this minute for Mm -hmm. this test tomorrow. Did you handle it just like that? Is that the tone? Yes. So let's think of some different options. Um, You can go online. Let's Google this one concept that you're having trouble Mm -hmm. with, right? Because he was all the way catastrophizing. I'm just, I'm already going to fail this test. I'm already done for. Mm -hmm. Why even try? You know, and and then and then then you can get me a tutor, mom. You can, you know, then we'll fi- we'll fix it. So it was getting mm-hmm. out of that mindset mm-hmm. of okay, let's look up this concept together. And he did look it up, and I think it helped. We'll see. We'll see. He's uh-huh. current. He's taking the test right, right now, now, so we'll see how he does. <laughs> That's a great example, because those are the yeah. ones that you wake up to sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's when For we kids. Get, yeah when we get in this mode yeah. of this is going to be so bad, I'm just gonna avoid it and not uh-huh. try yeah. and so sometimes it's okay well let's mm-hmm. slow that down and see that's what I find so fascinating about this is because you can do it like my response with my kids educational that is like that like it's not I don't get pulled into the everything's mm-hmm. about to be awful it's the tone whatever it's other thing like it is very much I think that's why our minds are so interesting such a mess because you can be calm and mm-hmm. help people through a catastrophe in one sense and then in another avenue in your head, the world, the sky's falling all the 100%. time. And I think that's sometimes why it's hard for us to meander through always. Because you're like, why am I like that here, but not here? Yeah. Why am I like that here, but not here? I mean, and it can be, I don't know, confusing. I don't yeah. know what word I'm looking for. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And I think adult. to point out. It's much easier to see and kind of catch someone else engaging in these oh, types yeah. of sure. thought patterns than ourselves. For I'm sure. sure I do these things too. We need people, like you said, yeah. to help us figure out when we're doing something because we're not going to recognize it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the dangerous part of that is that we get stuck. But then what about the minimization? minimalization? Is it that we don't see stuff? What's the danger there? It's we enable things or we, mm-hmm. what is it? Yeah, with minimization, it's that we're making something smaller than it is. So we're not responding to it when oftentimes it's calling for a response. Mm-hmm. So just like we talked about, if we're making something smaller that someone else is doing and not, um, and that, yeah, we're enabling, or maybe we're not holding a healthy boundary with them, we're conditioning bad behavior, um, or with ourselves when we're minimizing things, it's that maybe we're not um being honest with ourselves that we're being called to something better maybe we're not acknowledging that we made a mistake and that we need to apologize or Mm -hmm. we need to do something to make it right so yeah when we minimize something negative that we've done and we want to quickly excuse it it's typically coming from a place of discomfort right Mm -hmm. of oh this doesn't feel good oh it's not that big of a deal Mm -hmm. and sometimes you know it's really important that we 
acknowledge, you know what, that's not okay, and I need to make it right. And so I think in, especially in relationships, when we're minimizing things we've done and making excuses, I think that, yeah, the potential of having hurt someone or disappointed someone Mm -hmm. or let them down in some way, and if we're not taking accountability for that, how hurtful that can be in a relationship. That's good. Do um, people pleasers struggle with that? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. Yeah, because they want to make sure everybody's happy or they didn't mm-hmm. do anything wrong. And so things happen and they're kind of like, oh, it's not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to acknowledge it. Yeah. It's, it could have been, they'll even, I think, in their brain think, well, it could have been worse. And so I just did this. So we're just going to act like it didn't happen. Yeah. Or perfectionists. I was thinking perfect. Yeah. 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 Those are hard. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Should we go to the next one? Yes. Let's move to the next one. Disqualifying the positive. Yeah. Discounting the good things that have happened or that you have done for some reason or another. Um, my sister told me one time somebody was paying me a compliment and I was like, I totally discounted and probably disqualified it. And she was like, don't steal her joy. That is her joy. Her joy is that she wanted to pay you a compliment and you're stealing her joy. And I was like, Oh, yep, I am. I am so So sorry. in that way, you're discounting the positive to yourself. Like someone's trying to pay you a positive compliment mm-hmm. and you kind of discounted it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not a big deal or it's just whatever. And she was like, you're stealing. And I thought it was a good way to put it. Yeah. You're stealing. Because some people love to yeah, g- acknowledge the positive, give compliments, whatever it is. And, that's, and that is that- how it feels to them probably. Yes. And you're like, no, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to learn just to be like, that's okay, good point. thank you. Or, mm-hmm. appreciate you noticing. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Okay, say more, yeah. Karen. So what is that? What's the, Define that for us. Yeah, so I like I like to use the term discounting the positive because it's, yeah, it's that we're, we're taking something that's positive and then we're undermining it, mm-hmm. right? We're make, so sometimes it's, it looks like um, someone gives you a compliment, you just brush it off. Mm-hmm. Or something good happens and saying, oh, I was just lucky, you know? Yes. So, or you get a promotion at work. Well, you know, they're just trying to be nice to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I've done this before too, getting promoted saying, oh, well, you know, I'm just the, I'm the sucker that's hung around for longest. So, you know, they just decided to try to keep me mm-hmm. and rather than acknowledging, yeah, okay, this I've earned good. this. Yeah, you know, I this, worked hard. Right? Yeah. And so when we discount the positives, we're not taking, when it's regarding ourselves, we're not taking ownership of, yeah, maybe this is something, maybe it's, Maybe it's a gift. Maybe this is something that God has for me. Maybe this is something that he's put in my life because he has a plan. And when we're discounting that, then we're not we're not giving credit where credit's due, right? Um, so that's how I, you know, when we look at this in pure secular CBT, it's oftentimes called a self-limiting belief. That a we self-limiting, a self-limiting belief. belief, right? Okay. So we have that we see ourselves in ways where we limit what we think we're capable of. We have kind of negative beliefs about ourselves of I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Mm. There's something wrong with me, that type of thinking. So when, when we get compliments or when positive things happen, it's almost like we're filtering them out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like it feels too uncomfortable that it's like, no, I don't deserve this. Right. I think when we look at this through a spiritual lens, I think it's a God limiting belief that we're limiting what we see God can do in our lives. That's good. Yeah. I I totally discount God in those situations. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, no, like I I have a hard time going, Oh, this is God working in my life. Okay. I should acknowledge it because it is good in a positive positive way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's hard to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think in a way I've been very blessed because I was raised in a spiritual household where, you know, we never use the term of luck. Never. Yeah, you know, either. that that's yeah. not a thing. That's right. You know, that... Or karma. This is, yeah, that somebody, this is... Somebody used karma in our house and I was like, nope. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Nope. No, this is an answer to prayer. That's right. This is something God has blessed us with. Yeah. And so being able to see it through that lens. And I think we're called to that in our mm-hmm. faith. You know, we're called to see where God's working and to give him credit and to be obedient, to be willing to show up and say, okay, this is something that I'm called to do because maybe this is something that is a gift or this is something that he's, he's giving me the ability to do. And so it's, it's honoring that. That's good. Well, and I think for a um, personal example, again, poor Jamie, I'm throwing us both under the bus here again, over and over. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I think, bus. yeah, I hope I'm not, no, I'm hope I I'm saying, because, no. um, but part of it was, um, for me, not giving credit for the growth we've made since we've been married. So, like, still being stuck in what we were, like, the first 10 years of our marriage, right? Mm-hmm. So, having hard conversations and still expecting the response to be what it used to be, right? Oh, so you right? already playing it out. You're saying, I, I remember you saying this multiple yeah. times, that you would play it out in your head. I'm I gonna, would. I'm going to tell him this. You dinged your car. Yeah. And you'd already well, played it out. You share this. You share this. Yeah. With you yeah. dinged your car and you'd already played out the conversation that Correct. Jamie was going to be like, well, duh, 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 duh. yeah. And then in reality, it was like, it was different. Yeah. It was way different. Yeah. And you were and shocked. So, and, but even though that's good, happened, good different. good, different, it was a lot better different. But even though that's happened multiple times, I still dinging your car. It, no. You've been dinging your car <laughs> multiple times. Too. My old car. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> My husband's a very patient man in the end. No. Um, but just discounting over and over in my head, the growth I had seen from both of us for different things or whatever. Um, so it would, it, that didn't really fit well in distorted thinkings anywhere, but it was that, that was one thing. It was kind of like just discounting the positive in that area. Mm-hmm. Like just saying, acting like we were still the same. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, you change so much as you're growing up together. Like I got, I was 21 when I got married, 20 when we got engaged and Jamie was 25 and, I mean, we've grown a lot together. And so if you discount the positive, I'm like, I would hope there's been positive growth, you know. So explain it. Can you explain some of like how you can identify when you're doing that? Like if you're discounting the positive in your relationships, like you've known somebody a really long time. And mm-hmm. I, this is even family, like parents. Yeah. Like when you grew up and you had a hard relationship with mom and dad and now maybe as an adult, it's different, but you still go back there. Mm-hmm. You can't see the positive growth, you know? Yeah. That can be really hard. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Yeah. I mean, I think how we notice this showing up is when you're just noticing that your thinking is trending towards the negative, right? Of looking for problems, looking for and ruminating right just the circular reasoning Mm -hmm. over and over yeah Yeah. going back like so ruminating is yeah going back over the negative that's happened before and it's almost that we're taking ourselves back there versus allowing us to be where we are and so I think the goal to get out of this type of thinking is to be present focused of this is where we are right and and this is what we practice this fall is practicing gratitudes is I'm going to look for the good. I'm going to actively work on appreciating um, because that helps set our mind, you know, it's almost like we're pursuing a mindset of seeing the good, right? Because going back to that 
um, that concept that we talked about before is that our brain wants to really be on the lookout for the bad, right? For the problems, for the things that we're not happy with or that aren't perfect. So that's where our brain naturally wants to go. So we have to work on very intentionally seeing the good. And so in this, in this type of skewed thinking, it's where we kind of let our negative thoughts run rampant. Mm. And yeah, it can be just really this ruminating, it could be fear-based thinking of never, that kind of black, yeah, we're never going to get better. It's never going to be, I'm never going to be happy, that type of thinking. Mm -hmm. And so when you notice that you're kind of in this negative Mm -hmm. place, then it's, that's kind of a, that's a cue to yourself of, okay, let's really, let's yes. work on seeing the good. And that can run yeah. to the magnifying, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's never good. This is not going to get any better. This is, yeah. those were kind of in my brain sisters in a way, those two. So it was this constant kind of up and down, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I think, and I, I think even biblically, there's so much text to address that focusing yeah. on the good, focusing on the things of the Lord. It's just hard how do you intentionally get yourself to do that when you're stuck in the ruminating? Because I think this is, for women, I think this is a struggle, right, yeah. for us, the ruminating, because we live in our heads a lot, mm-hmm. and we're emotional, so or we can be. Um, so how do you get out of that trap? Like, how do you recognize it and step away from it? Yeah. I think, you know, this goes to all of these types of thought distortions that a very helpful kind of exercise we can do is to really work on learning what helps us get out of our head. You know what? Because when we're ruminating, what we're doing is we're really attaching to this negative thought and emotion. And what we want to do is kind of get out of detach, right? Almost we need to pivot what we're Mm -hmm. focused on, what we're engaged in. So it's being willing to, instead of sitting at home by ourselves, ruminating about what we're not happy with. It's get out of that space, you know, go, go exercise, go meet up with your friends for coffee, go to your Mm -hmm. Bible site, right? Go be around other. And this goes back to connection connection. Mm -hmm. is connect with others who are good for you and positive and can support you. And let's get out of that thinking and focus elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And then we have a little bit of perspective when we can come back to it, just of having a different vantage point that we're looking at it from. So the danger of this thinking is that we don't do that because right. we get stuck, right? Mm-hmm. And the negative and then it thought builds, patterns and it right? builds. Yeah. And then we make decisions from that place. Mm-hmm. Which typically aren't the healthiest decisions. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking too, you might take this information and run with it going, well, I'm going to meet with my friends all the time or I'm going to go to Bible studies and you're still missing the connection with the Lord. Like you're still missing that he is alive. Mm-hmm. He is a living God. He is a breathing God. And so he is a God that will, it is a relationship. He understands us. He understands. He and by faith, you will, you know, have to sit there and go, he's hearing me. I'm going to have faith that he hears me and he sees me. And so you can't lose that connection. That should be kind of that number one connection that we forget about. Or that we get so wrapped up in, I want to connect with humans that I forget, oh, I need to connect with the Lord. And that's what it brought me to Philippians 4. I, I wonder if we have the same verse open. I'm sure look, we do. Look, Philippians, Philippians 4, 4 8. 8. 8. Yes. <laughs> I like that one. You do same that one. one. And I also thought of Romans. And we've talked yeah. about this before. Yeah. Romans 12. The renewing. So we both mind. had Philippians 4, 8 through 9, right? It's yeah. finally, it. brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. 
if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. It's the peace Mm -hmm. part too that you get when you do that. Yeah. And it's the dwelling on these things. You've mentioned it a couple of times, like sitting with it, reminiscing about it, but dwelling on what is, and all those are positive, right? The true, the honorable, honorable, right, pure, lovely, good, um, excellent, Mm -hmm. anything worthy of praise. Mm -hmm. But then there's that element too, of when you notice in a relationship that things are changing for the good, you have to acknowledge it. You do. And then that's when pride comes in of like, oh. That's not discount. And you're discounting the positive hard. then just because of pride. Like, yeah. I could see that could be a really big temptation. Like, mm-hmm. now I have to actually acknowledge the change when I'm mad at you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and then working through those emotions. Work through the emotions of getting rid of that bitterness yes. and that anger and going, that's not, staying there is not good either Mm-mm. or healthy. And God's calling us to move from that and focus on what's lovely and just mm-hmm. and beautiful and worthy of praise. And someone being willing to, through the sanctification, change for the good is worthy of praise. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we have to, well, we don't have to, but it's better for us. Yeah, we're called to. We're called, called to. to. That's right. Yeah. I, like, I feel like we do have to. Yeah. Well, I don't, I mean, I there's like the free will to. for all of you, right? Which is why it's a call. There's yeah. free will for all of us. But at the same time, it is better. God knows what's better for us. Mm-hmm. It is better for us mm-hmm. um, if we do that. Mm-hmm. And so, then Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. Like, again, it's. It's saying all the things that we've been talking about. Yeah. Paul's like, yes, you need to share in the afflictions. And yes, he will give you strength to do it. And yes, you have to dwell on the good things. Um, it's a fun verse right there mm-hmm. to apply to this whole conversation is Philippians 4. Yes. My title is Think of Excellence. Think that, of Excellence. That'll get you out of your mm-hmm. discounting the po- the positive and the minimization and the magnific- magnification. And the rumination. Yeah. The mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, love it. So if we're, um, thank you. This has been a great conversation. Yeah. Always is. Always, Always is. Yeah. So if um, people are finding themselves listening and they're going, I may be doing that. I may be doing that. How can they tell if they are? They do go to a friend, say, do you think I do this? Or do you sit in prayer first and you're like, like how, I mean, it's hard to recognize. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, there's several things you can do. One thing is sometimes is you can write down some of, you know, this is where okay. journaling comes in mm-hmm. is the things you're really struggling with. Sometimes just writing them on paper and getting them out of your head, just spinning those thoughts in your head and looping around. If you can write them down, then you can see them in black and white mm-hmm. and be able to reflect on that. You know, is this really true? Is this potentially biased thing? Am I seeing this maybe in a way someone else doesn't see it? Um, so that's one way. Another way is to say it out loud. So it's getting it out of your head, saying it out loud. You can say it out loud to yourself. That helps a little bit, but even more helpful to say it out loud to someone else. So to your to someone you're close to that you trust. Hey, I've been, this is how I see this. Do you see it differently? Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I've been thinking. And allow for them to disagree with you. Yes. We talked about that with Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, of being, what was it? What was one of the things we did with her? The polarization. Is polar when you have polarized thinking, it doesn't allow for peacemaking and for people to speak in a way that disagrees with you. Yeah, and so you have to be able to have those, but then no, that person might say, "Actually, yeah, you do have a problem." Yeah, or I see. And just because you're, 
you think one way, it doesn't mean you're right. right. And I think and that's what's hard. It's that humility. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So this is actually, I was reading an article about this this week. One of the key components of well-being is our ability to be mentally flexible. We talked about flexibility right? last week with That's Rachel good. too. So and not rigid. You don't want yes. rigidity. To have open thinking where yeah. we can we're willing to change our minds. Not that we're flighty and we don't have mm-hmm. our you know what we feel convicted about, but yeah, that we're willing to look at take what we're thinking about and what we're experiencing and being willing to flex our thinking to see it differently, to see how someone else might be experiencing Mm -hmm. this, um, to to acknowledge, yeah, to acknowledge that maybe we're really holding on to a part of it and not looking at the whole. Mm. And so it's to really practice open-mindedness of I'm willing to consider that maybe there are parts of this that I'm not paying attention to and that those parts might be important. And so I'm willing to hear someone else out um, there's a strategy called the survey method where it's go ask someone, what do you think? How do you see this? Oh, and I it's being open-minded enough yeah. to hear their standpoint and to be willing to acknowledge, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they have something valuable there. And that's so opposite to what you see going around you right now in so many ways. But yeah. go ahead. two guys that come over, usually we call it family, Sunday family dinner night. They're both single, both older, both neighbors. And they are so fun to do that too. Like something will happen and you'll be like, hey, Brett, Mr. Norris, what do you think? And they both have opposites. And then between those two and then my husband, then they argue and we all just sit and watch and listen. And it is the best time in the whole world. And it's even great for the kids to see like, we love everybody, like all of them that are there. And we love that he's going to go to this spot. He's going to go to this spot. He's going to process it differently. But they bring out things that we're all like, oh, I didn't think about any of that. Mm -hmm. Even if it's life situations. Yeah. Like, hey, and we'll talk about so-and-so had a bad week. Let's talk about this. How would you handle this? And neither one of them have kids. So it's even more fun just to listen. But it is it is a joyful experience to heal, to hear other people's opinions and insights on things. Yeah. I love it. But you see, that shows you're open-minded, mm-hmm. right? You're, yeah. That that's fun I may not for change, you. but I think it's really cool. Yeah, you might not change your own <laughs> perspective yet. Yeah. But I do think, and I'm, I do think I'm very open-minded. I've, I've come up. A long way in that process, but I do think it's more fun to do life with an open mindedness and then to see what God has put on other people's hearts Yeah, that I would have never seen before if I didn't have a conversation with them. And even if you're talking to people who aren't believers, who don't believe like we do, that's God the best. Free will. Well, and they're still image bearers. I love those people. They're still made by God. They're yes. image bearers. They still carry yes. character traits. Of their creator. And I think we forget that, that God, these people, everybody, all of us matter to God greatly. Mm -hmm. And listening is part of loving people Mm -hmm. and caring enough to learn and in humility, consider others better than ourselves. Speaking of Philippians again, I mean, it, it matters to God too. I mean, and I'm like, if, if we're saying what matters to God matters to us, then listening and being willing to be flexible in our thinking, Mm -hmm. um, matters too. So I don't know. I mean, but this is so great and interesting. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us. We always love having yeah, you on. It's been great. <laughs> yes, we enjoy I, it I enjoy a lot. It too. Um, our experts are always, always so interesting because mm-hmm. there's so much that I don't know that we don't know mm-hmm. that we love to learn right along here with everybody else who's listening. So anyway, we will do this again. 
We will do All it right. again. <laughs> I'm here for it. I love it. So I good. know. We'll have you back. And um, and so we love having our counselors on. Is Christy, anything else you want to say? I do, actually. Yeah, yes. good. Romans you had 12. Another, yes, you had another verse. Go. I like this. I mean, Philippians 4 is what we talked about. Yeah. But Romans 12, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove that the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. And that's just good to go out on. And I'm sure everybody listening hears it in a different way or picks up on different things, but Whatever God is speaking to you through that verse, dig into it, dwell on it. Mm. Why, why, why did that word or why did that phrase speak to me when she read Romans 12, two through four? That's all I got. That's good. That's a great way to end. I love yeah. it. Love it. Love it. Okay. All right, everybody. This is Noisy Narratives out. Um, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Life can be a